So I titled this message here this morning, Unity and Diversity. Um, There's a lot of things that could be read into that, but uh, if you all have uh, been in the United States for any amount of time at all, you'll know that currently um, we are kind of a divided country, wouldn't you say? Uh, Maybe just a little even. Uh, It seems like we keep becoming more and more polarized. It seems like we can't talk about anything uh, without offending somebody or being offended or things like that. And so um, one of the messages that I preached a couple years ago, um, actually it was one of my first messages, uh, was on this very subject. And what I said was that the solution to diversity is Jesus, because the message of Jesus transcends everything else. Uh, it's not about how rich you are, how poor you are. It's not about how, uh, where you were born at, what location, what your skin color is, what anything is about. He is after every single person. He is after your heart. And if we can look to Jesus, Jesus is the great uniter. He's not the great divider. Um, whenever we have Jesus' spirit, we're all united together. And so um, I would say unity and diversity comes whenever we uh, surrender to Jesus and what he has for us. And so um, we're going to be talking about some of those things here today, um, some of the values that make us who we are. And so, like I said at the beginning, um, I would like to talk about these values every month, if that's okay, every week, every time we meet. Uh, encourage you all to meet at the dinner table and talk about these same values. But I, I wanted to talk first about... Um, some of the fundamentals of our faith, you know, and I, I'm going to have this up on the board, um, if you can, the, the slide with all the words and stuff on it. Don't let this scare you. Um, these are some of the things we're not talking about. These are the fundamentals of our faith. We all believe these things. Um, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus loves us. He cares for us. He died for our sins. Jesus is alive, and Jesus is coming again. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I am one of the ways. He said, I am the way. Uh, We believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, that Scripture as a whole has no errors in it whatsoever. We believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, He led a sinless life. He had a sinless nature and a life of Christ, the Messiah, his, his death was a substitutionary atonement for our sins. Um, the, effectiveness of, the effectiveness of Christ's blood cleanses our sins. We believe that Christ rose bodily from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of God, and we believe in a literal return of Christ to the earth. The most important truth in the entire universe is John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we believe all these things. This unites us. This, this binds us together. Um, Pastor Jim preaches on these things every week. And so these aren't the values that I'm talking about. And so um, some of the values that I'm talking about are, are honesty, love, bravery, uh, thankfulness, those sorts of things. And you may be wondering, why is it important to teach these values? Uh, Why is it important that we talk about them? Um, It's definitely important to talk about these things, but why go from these things to the value? Well, we're not forsaking any of this. I just want to let you know, we we preach and teach this. Um, But whenever it comes to values, 
Sometimes we just kind of shy away from that. Always be honest. Always tell the truth. How many times do you hear that? How many times do you hear it from television or YouTube or Facebook? Um, You're being exposed to those things that tell you you shouldn't be honest. In fact, if you're honest, people aren't going to like you. If you don't have that filter and you don't look just right, um, you're no longer going to be who you are. If you don't get things just right, people are going to think you're somebody you're not. So we need to teach these values because the world is teaching all of us in this room some different sets of values. And before you know it, being exposed to those uh, counter values is going to start eroding away who we are and what we believe. Before too long, we'll be exposed to so much worldly things that we're going to lose focus on what Jesus teaches and what we should have as our values. Our values are things that should unite us all together. Our values are something we should talk about with our children at the dinner table. Because if we don't, then the values that they're going to hold dear to their heart are going to be the ones that they've learned from YouTube or from school or from, from any other direction. And so, uh, is there an easy way to teach these values? I think doing it like we have been doing it this morning, just mentioning the value, focusing in on one a month, and talking about it just for 10 seconds every time we meet, every time we gather, can instill some values within us. And, and if nobody wants to do it, that's fine, but I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to try to as, as best I can. We're doing it in the youth group. We're going to do it at Celebrate Recovery. And so uh, the scripture that supports this, Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Talking about the law, talking about what God wants us to know, our values. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You see, they used to wear um, something on their, on their wrist if they would memorize some scriptures. They would have something called a phylactery. They would write down scriptures that they'd memorize, and they would roll them up in little scrolls, and they would put them either on their wrist. Some of them would wear them on their foreheads, and they would put the phylactery, um, the, the scrolls in the phylactery, and wear them around, and you could repeat them. You could have them memorize the scriptures that were in there. So that's what it's talking about. Uh, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." And I want you to think about this. We just came out of the book of Revelation. Where, where is the mark of the beast supposed to be? On our, on our wrists, on our hands, and on our foreheads. This is the counter mark. This is God's mark. Have his word deep within your hearts. Have his word ingrained in your brain so much that you can resist the attacks of Satan. Uh, so that you can withstand the mark of the beast, so that you have God's mark instead of the evil mark of the beast. And so uh, this is what we base these values on, is all of Scripture and these verses right here. When you wake up, when you, let's, let's make this a 20th century, when you, when you get in your car, whenever you're driving your kid to school, whenever you're sitting down to eat breakfast, whenever you're sitting down to eat lunch, whenever you're eating dinner, whenever you greet them, how were you thankful today? What was our value this, this month? Thankfulness. 
So we're going to go through these. Um, this is going to be more of a uh, opening our eyes sort of thing, teaching sort of thing than a preaching message, but I have 12 values that I want to cover with you all that I would like to just switch through throughout the month. Um, they should already be written on the back of your outline, but you can add some notes to it. The first one we're going to talk about is courage. Courage. Be strong. Be bold in your faith. Be brave. Try, th- try hard things and take risks. Now imagine, imagine our generation that's growing up in school who's being told to not be strong, to not be bold, uh, to just sit down and go with the, the status quo. Don't share your faith. Don't, don't talk about Jesus anywhere you go. Imagine if our generation mentioned courage every time we sat down. Now, before you know it, if you've heard something a hundred times over the course of a month, something's going to stick, isn't it? And so we can talk about courage. Joshua 1.7. 1, now, this, this scripture comes from from Joshua, where Moses just died. And God placed Joshua in charge of leading the people through the promised land. Now, how do you fill Moses' shoes? You can't do it. How would, you, how would you even possibly think about that? Well, just like anything that the Lord calls us to, he doesn't always call those who are perfectly equipped But whenever he does call you, he equips you to do what you're supposed to do. That's how we find our courage, is not of our own strength, but of strength through the Lord. This is what the Lord said to Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So let's be courageous. The second one we're going to talk about is honesty. Honesty. Always tell the truth. Now, this is going to be hard for some of you to hear, but there's no such thing as a half-truth. A half-truth is a whole lie. If you embellish, you know, the old fish story, you know, it was every time you tell the story, it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. That's a lie. Uh, every time uh, you mention something to build yourself up that maybe isn't quite so true, you know, you did a little bit better on the test or, or you know, maybe you used to be able to throw a football, you know, over a mountain or something like that, you know, that's, that's just not the things that are, that are good. We, those half-truths are whole lies. And so uh, what I would recommend, always tell the truth, um, Pray to God if that's where you're at, if you're, if you're embellishing things, if you're, you know, if you're just adding a little bit to the story that wasn't quite there, talk to the Lord and just have him bring to remembrance honesty whenever you talk. Uh, we're going to talk about taming the tongue later, which is a little bit different, but always tell the truth. Uh, speak the truth in love. One of the worst things you can do is allow somebody to continue in their sin uh, you're not helping anything. You're just enabling them. So whenever you confront sin, speak truth into their life. Not your opinion, but what the Word of God says, but it has to be in love. Telling the truth is a big deal in our home. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one it is. We have one at home who wants to hide everything. It's not their fault. Uh, 
They might be the ones who have, you know, powdered donuts all over their face, but, Dad, I'm not the one who ate the donuts, you know, that sort of thing. And one of the things we've tried to do is you got to tell the truth because you're going to get in more trouble if you keep lying to us than if you would just speak the truth. And so uh, honesty is a big deal in our house. I feel like it's a root issue. Ephesians 4.15 says this, But speaking the truth in love, may you grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Do you think Christ ever kind of beat around the bush with people, or do you think that he told him exactly what they needed to hear whenever he talked to them? He told them exactly what they needed to hear. Did he ever tell a lie? No, because he lived a sinless life. Uh, The next value that we need to instill is love. Love. Love is as love does. Uh, Love is a decision. One of the things we talk about in Celebrate Recovery is Actions speak louder than words. You can say a whole bunch of things, but whenever you commit to doing something, it's going to be different. It's going to change your, your, the, way you, the way you operate. Uh, so love is as love does. If you're not loving other people, uh, then that's a heart issue, and you need to take it up with Jesus. Uh, we have a few scriptures to go along with this. Mark twelve thirty, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Matthew says the same thing. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Isn't that incredible? I just want to pause and take a minute. We had 1,500 years of Old Testament Scripture. We had prophecies. We had nations rising and falling. We had different kings. We had the kingdom of Israel split into Israel and Judah. We had God's laws and the people of Israel failing and succeeding and God sending judges. We had everything from the Old Testament. And whenever somebody asked Jesus, can you just wrap that in a tight little bow and give us one sentence to sum up all of the Old Testament, what would you say? And Jesus says, first of all, you need to love God. If I could tell you anything, love God. After you have that love in your heart, then you are able to love others. Because whenever you know who God is and God's love for you, he gives you the ability to love others. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one life for his friends. That's why we uh, prayed over and, and applauded whenever the veterans uh, stood up because they were willing to lay down their life for another person. The next thing, um, this is a big one, respect. You don't see this too much anymore, do you? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, but why don't we see this? Because we're not teaching it, or I, I'm not teaching it. Uh, I hope to correct this here in the coming year, uh, two years, however long we decide to do this. But whenever we talk about respect, um, it's just something that we should do as fellow human beings. Listen to this, uh, Mark twelve thirty one. The first commandment was love God. The second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Then we have Exodus twenty twelve. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. 
1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. We need to encourage one another, and one of the things that I would love to see happening is uh, bridging these generation gaps that we seem to have in the church and have um, the youngest and the oldest just kind of mentoring and discipling one another, having respect for one another, and building up our future faith and, and the future uh, love and hope that is in our young ones. Um, the next one, watch your tongue. This is a difficult one. Um, how many of you all like to talk? If you know somebody who likes to talk, you know, and they're not raising their hand, just kind of do one of these, like you're scratching your nose and kind of point. I'm, I'm just kidding, don't do that. But if you know somebody who loves to talk, you'll know that it's very difficult for some people to tame their tongue, to watch their tongue. Well, listen to this. This is James 1.19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's, that's the answer. Allow more to be heard than to be spoken. Uh, one of the things I've heard said before is that God gave you two ears and one mouth, right? So maybe take that as a general rule uh, whenever you're beginning to talk. So be slow to speak and slow to wrath. Now listen to this, James 1.26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. One of the reasons that I did not go to church whenever I was in high school is because the people that went to church were bigger hypocrites than I was because they claimed to stand for something. And I just thought it was silly if you claimed to stand for something and then you didn't follow what you claimed to stand for. And so uh, I did not go to uh, church because I saw some useless religion. I wish I could have seen true religion during high school. Maybe it would have uh, allowed me to be ex- exposed to the gospel sooner. Uh, the next value that we're going to talk about is friendship. How valuable is friendship? We need to be choosing good friends. We need to have good influences. And if you think, well, I can't pick who my children are friends with, uh, you're mistaken. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can talk to them. You need to speak truth and love to them. But if your child is hanging around with a, just a bad influence, you need to encourage them. Uh, my, where I draw the line is um, if, if my child is hanging out with somebody who is a bad influence, as long as it is not affecting who they are in Christ, they can be a positive influence in their life. But as soon as I see them picking up habits, bad values, uh, we have a conversation and we give warnings. Hey, if this continues... You're going to have to cut this relationship off with your friend because it's more important to me that you have a relationship with Jesus and that you maintain your integrity and your character rather than you have this one friend who's going to be a bad influence. Uh, I've seen so many people who are just completely led astray into false beliefs, into uh, drug addictions, into pornography addictions, into all these things because friends who influence in negative ways. So uh, choose good friends. Be a good friend. We encourage this all the time. Uh, and the, the older our kids get, the more responsibility we try to give them in helping out friends. Cultivate a lifelong friend. Um, 
whenever I came to First Baptist, I've made a lot of friends over the years. But some of my friends that I've known since high school, I still feel almost more comfortable with those people who I, I've known since high school uh, because there's so much history there. And you all, you all can, can probably um, relate to that. You know, cultivate a lifelong friend. Have some friends that, that are going to speak the truth and love to you. Uh, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. The next one, perseverance. So we're, we're already halfway through. These next ones I'll go through quicker. So everybody take a breath. We're, we're, we're halfway through here. Perseverance, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Uh, go ahead and go back to that, the first one, perseverance. Never give up. Stick to it. I can, I will. Uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no is what Christ says. If you're going to commit to doing something, you need to do it. Uh, one of the lessons that we had to teach our daughter Harper was she committed to playing uh, basketball on an upward basketball team, and she found out about four games into it that she was really bored and she didn't want to do it anymore. We had her finish out the season because she made a commitment to her team. Now, uh, maybe that was right, maybe that was wrong, but whenever we say we're going to do something, we need to stick to it and be committed. That's one of the things that can separate us, is somebody, somebody asks us to do something and we say yes, we stick to it, we don't give up, we do it to the best of our ability as Christ would call us to do. Uh, Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Number eight, Some things are just black and white. The devil is the one who sits on the fence. Eliminate the gray areas in your life. We're going to talk about this this with the teenagers this week. Uh, We talk about developing healthy boundaries. We talk about putting up guardrails. One of the things that a guardrail does is it protects you from going off into the dangerous areas. They just put in a brand new guardrail as you're coming up P Highway so that you don't go into Britton Creek. That guardrail's there. Can you stand where the guardrail is at and be safe? Yeah, it's perfectly safe, right, where the guardrail's at. In fact, it's really secure because it has to block a car from going. The guardrail's there so that if you hit it, you don't fall off into danger. But the second you cross over that guardrail, or if the guardrail wasn't there, isn't it so much easier to just plunge off into Britton Creek? In the same way, we need to just have some black and white things in our life. We are not going to lie. It's, it's a sin to lie. A half-truth is a whole lie. If we have that, and we have some guardrails, like, hey, uh, you know, next time I tell that fish story, rein me in, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exaggerate a little bit. Uh, if we have those guardrails set in place, before we know it, we'll find ourselves driving on the right side of the road, so to speak. And so the guardrails are there to protect us from the danger, and we need to have those guardrails set in place for all areas of our life, whether it's our finances, our relationships. If you're not married and you're dating, there needs to be some very strong black and white lines there to keep you from going off into the danger zone. Again, Deuteronomy 6, 18, And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, so that you may go in and, and possess the good land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Um, the next one, number nine, is thankfulness. Uh, we talked about that 
here this morning. This is our theme for the month of July, our, our value for the month of July. Thank God no matter what. In all the things that you have, thank God. Uh, I've learned to thank God uh, when I lose my car keys. I almost drove my motorcycle here this morning. I thank God because I was driving on U Highway and a squirrel ran right out in front of me. And I don't know what that does to a motorcycle. I've never really tested it. But I thought about it. I thought, you know, it's raining a little bit. I probably shouldn't do that. And as soon as I passed that squirrel, I said, thank you, Lord. I don't know what this would have done, but maybe you just protected me. Uh, So just always be thankful. Always be thinking like that. Be grateful for everything. Thank God for everything and give thanks with a grateful heart. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Number 10. Whew. This is a big one. Delay self-gratification. Some self-control. I can wait. Uh, One of the principles that I learned from uh, Tim Tim Middleton uh, a couple years ago was he once told me that if he really wants something, like a big purchase, he waits X amount of time, 90 days. If he still wants it after 90 days, then he'll consider doing that. But what you do is you set up that boundary... I'm not going to just give in to my, my uh, control issues and my desires. I'm going to delay that, and I'm going to see if this is what I need to do. Um, so if you're really wanting that next guitar, right, if you want to add your 10th guitar to your collection or your next set of drums or your next set of whatever it is, your next car, your next, maybe just wait. Maybe that's not, not what God is calling you to do. Maybe he is. I don't know, but um, I don't think... A Lamborghini is in my future, so uh, we'll just see. Delay self-gratification. Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Sometimes we do this with our problems as well. Uh, God, I have grief. I am struggling. Lord, I have this sin in my life. Lord, will you take this from me? And he doesn't immediately do it. And so we just, we think God's not there. But maybe there's a purpose for allowing us to suffer, just like we talked about last week. So even in that, even in our suffering, we need to pause and consider what he has. Uh, Galatians five twenty two through 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. The next one? Self-control. This is the time where you don't have to practice self-control. What does that say? Self-control, right? Let's hear it. Self-control. Against such there is no law. Number 11, work before you play, but play. (laughs) Have some joy. First things first, let's get done what we need to get done. One of the things that did draw me into Christianity was finding some people who truly had Jesus in their heart. Uh, they were joyful. They had a peace about them that was beyond explanation. Uh, they had fun. And I thought it was crazy because they would get together and they would just be having a blast. There'd be a whole bunch of them and there wasn't a single drop of alcohol anywhere. And I thought, man, that's crazy. Like how in the world do you have fun without, you know, drinking alcohol? Because that's all I knew. But as I hung around them, 
I experienced what it was like to have the joy of the Lord written on your heart, and we had a lot of fun, and we had a, a good time, and that was one of the things that drew me into Christianity. It wasn't this huge sacrifice where whenever I follow Jesus, I'm just going to be miserable for the rest of my life. That's not, that's not what Christianity is, and if that's where you're at, if you're a Christian and you're just constantly miserable, I would encourage you to just... Uh, Pray and seek the Lord because he will give you that joy, love, joy, peace, patience, right? Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So uh, work before you play, but play. Uh, Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And then the last one we're going to cover and we'll be done. Uh, Number 12, life is not fair. Life is not fair. Life is not always fair, but God is. Sometimes life is going to throw you a curveball, so to speak. Sometimes God allows things in your life. And it's just like what we talked about last week. This kind of sums it up. You can either have a godly, eternal perspective on it, or you can have a selfish, self-centered focus on it. Life isn't fair. Woe is me. I'm just going to sit at home and not have any joy in my life. Or you can say, God, why are you allowing this? There has to be a reason. Help me through this. I know that your ways are fair. I know that you are faithful. I know that uh, you are the ultimate judge, and if you've allowed this to happen, it's for the good of who I am or maybe somebody around me. And our final scripture for the the morning is Jeremiah 12.1. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of... Why does the way of the wicked person, why are those happy who deal so treacherously? Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why, Lord, why? And the answer to that, like I said last week, maybe we don't know the answer to that direct question, but we can trust God through it. And so life is not fair, but God is. One of the things that I hope to accomplish with all of these is... I covered all of them here this morning, and next month, whenever we start on our new value, we'll have learned what it means to be thankful throughout the entire month, and we'll just talk about it, and we'll share with one another, and then whenever we go into the next value, hopefully it just sticks in our minds. Maybe we need to delay that self-gratification. Maybe we need to be more honest, but whenever we hear it a hundred times throughout the month, it might begin to stick with us. Uh, So... I'm just going to close us in a word of prayer. Uh, we don't have a song or anything like that, but I do want to just, just thank you all for being here. And um, you're welcome to come out to the Middletons today for uh, some fun at, down by the river. Uh, if, if you need to know where that's at, it's on Dugout Road. Uh, you'll see it. You go up 21, take Dugout Road, and go about a mile and a half. And you'll see a bunch of cars there. He's got a big garage, and it's, it's right next to the road. You can't miss it. You'll see all the people there. So you're invited to come out to Tim and Connie's today. Uh, but if you would, please stand. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. Uh, I want to thank you all for coming uh, to the service this morning. And I want to thank the youth uh, and, and my buddy Garrett. And they, they just did a phenomenal job here this morning with worship. And so looking forward to, to that again. Um, John, would you care to close us in a word of prayer?